We're so glad that you're here with us, and um, it's a privilege to be able to come around the Word uh, together on this, our Vision Sunday. Uh, Pastor James and I started talking about this vision, this theme, this idea that would be kind of our focus as a church over the next 12 months, and we started talking about this quite a while ago. And as we were thinking and praying and seeking God over it, uh, he really planted this idea in our spirit. And our, our theme for 2023, our vision theme, is this idea of participating in God's story. Now, that might seem familiar to you. Uh, perhaps you, uh, you, know, you noticed the banner up the back and it gave it away. That's okay. Um, uh, perhaps you're thinking P. That's the P of the path. Last year, we were doing discipleship. This year, uh, we're doing the P of that path. You might remember the path guide was an acronym, that idea of path. And so P was participating in God's story. And I wonder what you think about when you hear that idea of God's story. You probably think of God's word of scripture. Uh, It's easy for us to to see God's word as uh, 66 books by 40 authors that are kind of maybe loosely fit together, but are really disconnected. But one of the things that we see through Scripture is this thread that is woven right the way through God's Word, this uh, meta-narrative, the story above the story, the story that really tells us not just of God, but of God's plan for us and God's plan for redemption. We see it right from the moment when Adam and Eve uh, sin and and then the sin cuts them off from God. We see God make this declaration, this, this promise that there was going to be restoration, that he was going to come and he would make it right. We see then right throughout the Old Testament, God rescue his people over and over again. We see his presence dwelling with them uh, in the tabernacle. We see the Old Testament prophets look ahead to the Messiah that will come. We see the fulfillment of that in Christ. We see Christ live and die and rise again and restore us into relationship with God. We see this big story this narrative that is woven throughout God's Word. And it's very easy for us to think that the Bible is where God's story finishes, that we're like now just in this waiting, that God has, has, has uh, revealed Himself to us through His Word, that we've understood the things that we need to understand, but that kind of God is now almost silent again, that He's, he's stopped acting, He's stopped moving, He's stopped doing things, that we don't really have a part to play. This uh, well-known theologian, N.T. Wright, you might have heard of him or read some of his stuff. He, he has this, this um, analogy of God's story. And he speaks about this Shakespearean play that has been lost. If you know Shakespeare, he always wrote five-act plays. And so he, he tells this story of this Shakespearean play that has been lost and it's been discovered, but all that is discovered is the first four acts and the first scene of the fifth act and the rest is missing. And so the person who's discovered it gets Shakespearean actors together and they immerse themselves in the story of this play and they, they read it and they start to act it out. And as they start to act it out, they're able to play out this final act because they know what's come out before and they've also seen this glimpse of the ending. And, and the analogy goes that that is what we have in God's Word. 
we have got this incredible picture of God. We have got this incredible picture of his purpose and his plan for us. We have got these glimpses of the time that is to come. This time where Christ will come again and will make all things right and there'll be this new heaven and new earth. We, we see that and then what we're called to is to immerse ourselves in God's word and surround ourselves with others who know God's word as well and begin to act out this, this final chapter, this final part of God's big story. And so I guess then we have to say to ourselves, well, what is it? What is the part I have to play? What am I called to do? And we're going to grapple with that this year. We're going to have lots of different things that we focus on and that we delve into where we, we look at what does God call us to. And this morning, I want to touch on one of those things and, and we're going to work our way through so many others this year. And, and one of the things I think that we should look at is we need to look at Jesus's words. Now we know that, right? Some of you in your Bibles at home would have Jesus's words in red and, and that makes them stand out. It's important. This is what Christ has, has said. And if we want to know what's important, we look at God's word. And if we want to know what's important, we delve a little bit deeper and we look at the messages that are repeated. And if you look really carefully at the, one of the very first things that Jesus says and the last thing that Jesus says, there is a, the same idea, the same concept, the same command to us. So the first thing he says in ministry and the final thing he says is this command and this declaration to us. And so if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew chapter 4. The words will come up on the screen. But Matthew in the, in the fourth chapter speaks of Jesus appearing on the scene. And it says this, from then on, Jesus began to preach, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then it goes on to say this, one day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, also called Peter and Andrew, throwing a net into the water for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me and I will show you how to fish for people. Come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. Now, we looked at this last year, didn't we? At the start of last year, we looked at this idea of discipleship. We looked at the fact that, that Jesus uh, was, was a, like a Jewish rabbi. They saw him as a Jewish rabbi, and Jewish rabbis were disciple makers, they called people to come and follow them. There was this saying that Jewish, the, the, the disciple of a Jewish rabbi should be covered in the Jewish rabbi's dust. And what that means is that as the Jewish rabbi walked along the road, uh, these dusty roads, that they should stand so close, that they should be so close and hear every word and hear their breath and see their actions, that they were literally covered in the dust that they kicked up from their feet. Now, you don't have to be covered in dust, literally, which is nice. But Jesus calls them to discipleship. And he says something very interesting. He says, come and follow me, this call to discipleship. And then he says, I will show you how to fish for people. I'll show you how to fish for people. So he says, come follow me. And then he tells them the purpose of following him. I will teach you how to come. I'll teach you how to fish for people. And it's not just a nice play on words. It's not Jesus being clever. It's not uh, Jesus trying to be witty because they're fishermen. And, you know, it's actually the heart of Jesus. 
It's the reality of Jesus' heart. And he declares in Luke 4 why he's come. He says this in Luke 4.18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favour has come. Jesus is saying, I have come to set people free. He says to His disciples, and He says to you and to me, that when you follow me, You'll capture the same things that capture my heart will capture yours. When you come and follow me, you will call people to step into the life-giving, hope-filling relationship and freedom in Christ. He's saying that when you accept the call to follow me, there is a purpose for the following. There is a purpose for the following me, following You don't become a Christ follower without picking up what Christ is calling you to. And so in his very first words, he's saying, come follow me so that you can then go and rescue people, declare freedom, declare hope, declare life. Those things you found in me, you will uh, pass on to them. But he also says in these very last words that Matthew captures in his gospel, he, he says Almost the same thing. And you probably know these words. They're found in Matthew 28 in this last chapter of Matthew. In verse 18, Jesus says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus has spent three years walking and teaching these disciples and now he says, I'm going to go, but you need to go as well. You are a sent people. Go and tell people about the things that I have taught you. Go and be disciple makers. And what I love is that Jesus doesn't put any qualifiers on it. If you've studied at all the personalities and and the actions and the words of the disciples, you'll know that this was an eclectic bunch of people. There were different personalities represented. There were the more confident ones. There were the more timid ones. Uh, There were a range of different personalities there. But Jesus doesn't put qualifiers on it. He doesn't say, those of you who have been disciples or Christians for 10 years, you go. The rest of you stay here. He doesn't say those of you who are extroverts, you go. The rest of you, you're off the hook. He doesn't say those of you who have all the words, who have the training, who know everything there is to know and be able to answer every question, you go. The rest of you stay. He doesn't say that at all. He says, all of you go. Go and declare. Go and tell all people. Declare good news to the poor. Proclaim the captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, that God's favour has come. Go and declare it. And I want to tell you this morning that, that our focus for this year is this idea that each one of us, regardless of our journey to this point, regardless of our story to this point, each one of us is called to go. Each one of us has been saved so that we can share that with other people. 
that we're not going to be half disciples, that we're not going to be people who come and we're fed, but we don't then um, pour out to others. We don't just want to be people who hear God's word. We want to be people who also do it. And so I want to encourage you this morning that we need to this year focus on this idea of evangelism, of, of seeing other people hear the hope we have in Christ. But it's difficult, isn't it? And I don't want to stand up the front and pretend that it's easy, that all of you should just be able to do that with, without any troubles or any worries. And it's difficult, I'd suggest to you, for a couple of reasons. Sometimes we're worried that in sharing our faith or, or looking for those opportunities that will damage good friendships. We're worried about what people might say, what our friends might think, how they might feel upset or hurt or judged when we speak to them about Christ. We worry about maybe not having the words to say, well, what, I, what if they ask me that question that I'm still grappling with myself? We're worried that we'll be embarrassed if people respond badly, if they tell us to get lost, to go away. They tell us that they think we're stupid because we follow Christ. We sometimes feel disheartened because we've prayed for a family member or we've prayed for a friend to come to know Jesus and it hasn't happened. And we've, we've, we've really, we've really persisted, but at some point we've grown weary and tired and we've thought that's impossible. God, I've seen you save other people, but that person, their heart is so cold that, that it's an impossible thing to do. I'm going to actually ask you this morning to do something. As Shaz comes, we're going to spend a few moments in prayer in a moment. But this year, we're going to uh, believe again that God is going to act and He's going to use us to see those people in our lives saved, to see them come in to a knowledge of who Jesus is and how He can set them free. And so I'm going to ask you to think this morning, to ask God, to ask the Holy Spirit to prompt in your heart whether there's someone in your world Maybe it is that family member that you've given up praying for because it just seems so hard. Maybe it is that friend who you just think, oh man, that'd make such a good Christian. Do you know those people in your world, those people who've got a generous spirit who, who you just go, oh, if only they could meet Jesus. If only they could meet Jesus. Maybe it's that work colleague or that person in your street who you know has been doing it tough and you think, oh, I wish they had the hope of Christ. I wish they had Jesus to, to journey through this with them. And what we're going to do is up the back, there's a, a banner there. It's okay. You can draw on it. There's some, some permanent markers, some textures there. And I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you while Shaz is playing to go and write the name of that person. I'm not going to pull this out every week. So if you invite them to church, I'm not going to say, what's my name doing there? That's weird. But I want you to write their name. Maybe it's their initials. If you don't want to write their name, you don't have to give us their address or phone number or anything. We're not going to chase them. The reason we're doing this this morning, and if it sounds a bit strange, there's a few reasons. One, it's an act of faith. It's a physical declaration that, God, I am putting this person in front of you and I'm asking that you would move mightily in their life. It is a declaration. And we see throughout God's Word that faith is not just a, a spoken thing, we often have to act it out. And so we're going to act it out this morning. We're going to ask God to intervene. The second thing is it's an act of accountability. Now, I won't know who you've written. No one will know that. So I'm not going to bug you. Hey, why aren't they saved yet? 
I'm not going to annoy you with it this year, but it's a reminder to yourself. It's a reminder to yourself, hey, I put that person's name on there. I've got to pray for them. I've got to entrust them into God's hand. When I see them and I have that opportunity to, oh, maybe they're asking kind of questions that might give me the opportunity to speak some hope, to speak some life. Do you know what? I'm going to do it because I put their name there and I'm trusting God. I'm trusting that He is preparing their heart. And it'll also help us to pray because this year we're going to get it out for some different prayer meetings. We're going to invite you to it if you want to come. And we're going to pray for those people. We won't know who they are. You might say Bob on there. We'll pray for Bob because God knows him. God knows his story. God knows where he's at. And so we're going to use that as a, as a way to collect those names and to pray. So I want, let's just ask the Holy Spirit and then we'll have a, a few minutes while Shaz is playing to to go and you can quietly go and write a name up there if you're feeling bold and courageous this morning. God, we thank you for your word. Father, we just pray this morning that you would place in our hearts the name of that person. God, that you want us to really press in for this year. That person that you really want us to seek you for. God, you're already preparing their hearts. You're already preparing our hearts. Lord, you've positioned us in their life for a purpose. God, and we're trusting you this year. Father, we're trusting that you are going to move in their heart. God, that you are going to do something mighty and something incredible in their life this year. Father, give us a burden from them. Lord, the same burden that you had, Christ, as you walked and you taught, that, that wanted to let the oppressed know that they were free that wanted to give hope and life to people. And so God, we ask you for that this morning. Church, just as you continue to pray, as you continue to ask the Holy Spirit, I'd encourage you to go if, if uh, God's placed someone in your heart, to just wander up there, the markers are there, to go and write a name on there. Be bold and courageous. Let's believe together this morning that God is going to set some people free that God is going to work in these people's lives this year. There's lots of texters, so feel free to go. We praise you, God. Worship you, Jesus. We thank you, God. We're trusting you this year, Lord God. We're believing for these names, Lord God, that we're writing on there. Father, for every single person, you know their story. You know their family. You know their journey. Lord God, you know why you've placed us in their life. And so God, we are declaring this morning in faith that we're gonna see them come to know you. Lord God, that you're gonna break the things in their lives that need breaking. God, that you are gonna set them free. Father, that you are going to uh, give them a new hope and a new life that as they come to meet you and discover you, oh God, that you would move mightily. Father, we pray for those people that we're writing up there that it seems are hopeless. Lord God, those people whose hearts are so hard towards you, God, we're, we're just putting them at your feet. We know that you are a miracle-working God. We know that that your arm is not too short to save, that there is nowhere that you can't reach. There is no life that you can't touch. Father, we thank you for, for the radical transformation of Saul into Paul, that as he met with you, this persecutor and killer of Christians, God became your spokesperson.
God became someone who led so many people to know you. And Lord God, we pray for some soul salvations this year. God, we pray for those people who are so hard and so turned away from you. Lord God, we trust you. We pray that you would work in their life this year. God, we put their names up there in faith, knowing that you are good and that you will act. God, we trust you and we lay them at your feet. God, because we know ultimately, Father, that maybe we're called to plant a seed and somebody else is called to water. Maybe someone's planted the seed, Lord, and all it needs is some watering, but Holy Spirit, you're the one who does the work. And so we put them into your hands this morning. And we declare this morning, God, we're going to pray for them. And we're going to believe that they'll come to know you. We praise you, Lord. Worship you, God. Amen.